We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Something didn't work. Something's not working. I don't know what's going on. My loopback's not working. Uh, what's up, chat? Uh, with me today, <laughs> mid-season form over here, uh, is my good friend, uh, host of the Dunker Spot podcast and writer for Best Ball News, Nikias Duncan. Hello, hello, hello. Um, just first, give yourself some grace. Um, the preseason hasn't started yet, so you are you are fine. You no know, work out your kinks now. Once the games start rolling for real, then you know you have to you know, do some some testing and stuff. But for now, we're rolling. We're still in the offseason. It's fine. As far as I'm concerned, you know, Miami Heapy training camp hasn't started yet. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're just, you know what I mean? We had our we had our Miami Heapy media day. We're, we're getting we're getting going. Uh, I opened PVB stats for the first time today uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a while. So that's how you know it's a new season. You know, you're, you're looking time. at, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're getting into it. Uh, we have our good friend here, Nikias, to talk heat wings. So we did uh, we did heat guards early on uh, in the early on in the offseason. Took some time. Did uh, did heat bigs, and now we're moving on to, to heat wings, which is arguably maybe the most important uh, positional group in basketball now, given given the size and the ball handling duties uh, that that they do. But first, uh, Nikias, something happened in in the league today, which is a little bit on. This came a little bit of a surprise. Also, you know, too much. Uh, much discourse on the timeline there's some new rules with how the league's going to start calling fouls and they had little educational videos uh, on how this works and i guess we can start here um so what essentially what the league's doing is they're they're trying to get rid of this kind of player created incidental contact when you know guys hit the brakes and and kind of you know spearhead into other players or the the super duper pump fake lean in uh, jump shot, you know, kind of things of those nature. So stuff that, you know, Middleton, Trey Young, Kyle Lowry is a big guy who loves to hit the brakes and, and make sure contact gets created by him. How do you feel about the new rule change? Do you feel like it's really going to affect the heat? I know Jimmy, you know, is a guy who loves contact. 
you experience this how? Uh, like, I think it's a good thing that they're trying to get rid of, like, the pump fake and exaggerated lean in at the very least. Like, that's, that's just something that you don't, I don't think there's really much of a place for. So I think that should, and ultimately, that should be something pretty easy to regulate out if you put a keen eye to it. Like, you know when someone jumps kind of wildly at you, and you can tell when a shooter is jumping way out of their natural motion just to try to draw a foul. Like, get rid of those. You have to balance this, have to balance the game out some way because offense is already at an advantage anyway, and this is a minor way to kind of tilt the scales back in the opposite direction. So I like that. As far as the deceleration stuff, I think that's a little bit trickier because I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with changing your cadence on your drives. And if someone's trailing from behind, like, yeah, feel your defender, put him in jail, make your move from there. So I don't know. I don't know how you do that consistently. I think it's going to be the biggest thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the first two weeks of the season, like Trey Young in particular is averaging, like, a foul and a half more per game within the first two weeks of the season. And then as the season goes on, he's getting those fouls again. Because at, at a certain point, like, it's still basketball. You can't tell the ball handler, hey, you're not allowed to stop. So I don't think there's much you can do with that. Well, that, that, that like, kind of foul has never bothered me. And I think people were, like, mad at Trey Young. But, like, to me, I mean – watching kind of older Dwayne Wade, that's kind of what he would do. He'd manipulate people's momentum and, and, you know, kind of coerce contact, but like, it's, you know, as a ball handler, you know, to, to seal a phrase from Zach Lowe, you know, you dictate the terms of engagement. And if you're a great player, you know, you are going to send the defense where you want it to go. And then you can, you can throw your body where the said defender is. If you don't really like the look at the basket that you got. So it's a little bit of both, but I, I don't, do you see it affecting Jimmy too much? I mean, Jimmy doesn't really create contact that way, but, you know, he is a guy that really relies on the free throw rate to leverage some of the his other offensive deficiencies. Yeah, I think with Jimmy in particular, I think the emphasis on the offhand stuff is going to be the bigger thing for Jimmy just because he loves to throw that elbow in there, loves to nudge that shoulder into a defender's chest to draw some contact that way. So depending on how tight refs are with that, that may affect Jimmy a little bit, but he's also still super strong. He's still crafty. Like, he's still going to get to the line plenty. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Um, to the point about deceleration, again, what I am interested to see is if they are able to kind of regulate that on a consistent basis, I wonder what that does for big men as a whole. Because I mm -hmm. think that makes it even more difficult to play drop coverage if the guy navigating the screen also has to worry about, hey, how quickly can I get back into the play without having a foul drawn on me if this guy stops? So I think that's going to force Biggs to have to play a step or two higher in pick and roll. So I wonder if, again, it's, it's going to take some months to even see like how consistently the refs are going to call this. But if there is a shift in that way, I wonder what that does for like pick and roll coverages for big men. That That's interesting. I, I didn't think of that way. And I, I I kind of like, you know, I think the Bucks kind of sensationalize this super um, low drop kind of coverage but I, I really i think a, a lot of other teams like the nuggets you know like they like to play Jokic really higher you know up on those pick and rolls so that kind of i feel like a lot more teams have started to do stuff like that and miami's nice because bam can do a lot of different things but yeah i didn't think about that uh <laughs> shout out to chat uh who's who's here we got alf asking if he's in space uh, i guess he's making fun of my my lights i don't, I don't know uh every every day it's, it's something new making fun of the, the setup i got all right, Nikaias, let's just do it. Let's just get right into it. We're here to talk about Heat Wings, uh, the last positional group, as I said earlier, arguably the most important. I don't even know where you want to start. Um, well, I, I guess, I guess we, you know, you can pick after this. You know, we, uh, I had Alphon on pod, and I believe it was Tiff, and we were kind of talking about PJ 
where he fits on the team. And they kind of argued that he's more of a big on this roster. And I'm kind of curious as to where, you know, you go, because, you know, we obviously talked about him, you know, on the bigs pod, but I always thought of him more as a wing than as a big. Um, I think he's more big than wing. Like he's, he's your screen setter to try to draw switches. He pretty much stays. He floats between the corner and the dunker spot word to the pod. And defensively, he's mostly defending fours and fives. Like in a switch-heavy scheme, he'll go out to where you want him to. But in terms of where he's most comfortable, like he wants to, ba- you know, bang with fours and fives. So I think, I think big man's probably where I lean with him. Ah, he also under- just doesn't dribble at all, so it's just like, oh. Under no circumstances, you got to give Alf credit. I feel like that's what just <laughs> happened. I feel like you just said Alf is right about a basketball thing. So shout out to Alf. Who got that right? No, I, I just I kind of wanted to pick your brain on that real quick because you know we we had discussed them, but I, I had planned for this. So where where do you want to go first? We have a whole we have a cascading roster of lots of different skill types. Where do you want to start? You're the guest. You 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 steer the ship. Uh with the wing. Okay. Um, we can start KZ if you want. <laughs> uh, KZ, who has uh, inexplicably left off the Team Nigeria tweet congratulating all the nigerian players except for casey <laughs> like even they're distancing themselves like is the shot is the shot that bad like i don't he, Nikai's, he's a dude that you know he twitter gets obsessed with x you know x prospect right we get like very you know it was justice for a while it was josh for a little bit you know it was we, jorts you know everybody you know we, we just <laughs> we get you know we go down the list and casey was the latest installment of this and I, the idea of KZ is always better than KZ in practice. And I think we just, we just want them to have a dude who can play four at the wing, who can handle a little bit, shoot some corner threes, and be a switchable defender that you trust. Unlike you know, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't trust PJ shot too much. I don't really trust PJ staying healthy too much, and he's young. So this idea of who he is has never really bore the fruit to which we wanted. And I don't really know his place on this team. I, I imagine he'll get rotation minutes because we're in a COVID season still, right? So, you know, and, and Udonis Haslam is not a, a player, but he's not really playing. And Victor Oladipo is out for, you know, a minimum, I guess, January or February, right? I mean, the, the, the date keeps changing, but, you know, he's going to miss some time. So he's going to play. It's just, I don't know the role. I'm not sure what the role is either. And, I'll preface this by stating the obvious, like I am not in the practice facility. I'm not in the locker room, especially now with COVID. So like, I don't know what the development plan for KZ has been or what it is right now. With that said, like, it doesn't feel like he's really had. I I just don't even know what to make of what they've done with KZ since he's been here. Like he started out hurt. And then there's a Sioux Falls stint. Then he's kind of bouncing back and forth between Sioux Falls and the heat roster and like Sometimes he gets the ball and he gets to do things. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he gets the ball and doesn't want to do things. Sometimes he does too much. And if he makes a mistake, then he's out. So, like, I'm not even sure what outside of play hard on defense, which is a prerequisite for literally every Heat player within the organization. Like, I don't know what they're telling him that he's allowed to do or what he should focus on. He's also like kind of glitchy on defense. I, I forget if that was a hangover time thing or uh, or, or a Heat Twitter thing, but. Like he just kind of spazzes and like, it's like he malfunctions. 
Like he has a lot to think about, and he's probably stressed about knowing, <laughs> hey, I only, only, <laughs> I only get seven minutes. So if, if I blow this rotation, I'm looking over the spot to see if, he, if someone's running to the scores table or not. It's so truly a bizarro Tyler Johnson, uh, Tyler Hero. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just don't know. Like I've been, I've said it on the timeline in the articles on the pod. Like I would like to see Casey just get a stretch to where it's like, okay, you're getting 15 minutes a night, period. This is the regular season. We'll take you out of the rotation when the playoffs come if you're not good. But you're penciled in for 15 minutes. These are your roles. Do these things. And I feel like we would have a better handle on what KZ is or isn't. I'm sure because he would right, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think just giving him that would help the Heat to figure out like what he is, what his actual upside is. Because when he was drafted, it's like, okay, here's this dude at Stanford. He's long, he's athletic, he can handle some, he can shoot some, he can slash some. And then he doesn't really get to do any of that stuff. And then we're also yelling at him for not doing the stuff. And then yelling at him when he tries to do the stuff and does it wrong. So, like, I, I don't know. He's flashed some ball skills. And it's when I mean flash, I mean whatever is the quickest version of turning on a flashlight <laughs> and off a flashlight that's what we've seen um it's he's he's kind of i i don't really i'm kind of off nikaias like i i've i've come to the point that i'm like he's just not going to be what we want him to be or what we think he is and like he's probably going to be a 13th man you know with all, all all that potential and 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 length and size and all the you know the the, the measurables and he, he he put on weight and all that i just i mean even with nigeria did you see anything that you're like yeah i mean he does i think what he does really what there is a value in what he does is I think he's good at like full court press, like mm-hmm. he, he we saw him do that you know against Harden in 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 the uh, here at in the regular season and and he saw some of that in Nigeria. But other than that, it's just not much that I'm I'm willing to like roll the dice on. Yeah, like I just he hasn't found the role on offense at all, and like I think that's what prevents him. And I kind of I don't want to disparage the Heat because like obviously they're a great organization, a great development developmental organization but like when he got here like i think this was kind of a tough spot for him because i don't think he was ever going to get the on ball reps in particular to kind of explore what he can be and from there again if you pigeonhole him as a shooter like that's fine if that's communicated to him and he has the green light to take as many corner threes as possible he's open but i don't know if he's had that either and again i'm saying i don't know it could very well be true that he's been given that green light and there's a mental block or something like that. I'm not in the locker room, so I'm not going to pretend like I am. But just from what I've seen, it doesn't, there's a real lack of confidence with him. And I wonder how much of the lack of productivity for Casey is lack of confidence and how much of it is he's just not good enough. And if he's not good enough, that's fine. You cut your losses whenever you can. But like, I don't even have a real gauge on if that's the case. 13.3% 13.3% from the left corner, 35.7% from the right corner. It's not, it's just not there about 30 attempts. He's um, yeah. 30 attempts. So like, you don't even know. He's like seven for 30 or something or seven for 29. Um, yeah. I mean, at the rim, he's, you know, 57.8%, just a hair under league average. Um, again, the breaks, mixed bag 30%, 0%, 14%, you know, on, on relatively low attempts. So it, it, it's just tough to, you know, you kind of hope that with a guy like Kyle, you know, on the team, who's, you know, the best passer they've had since, 
I don't know, since since Dwayne, since since probably yeah, probably, I mean probably not even Dwayne at the end, you know. Uh, so <laughs> it's been it's been some time since they've had a, a guy that that's that level of playmaker. So you kind of hope that, but I mean even then, I mean that that's just you're just asking the guy to be something that he's not, and you know, I mean here, listen, they gave him a two year contract. I think you know that's good on the Heat for doing that for him. You know, I'm sure that that's a big deal for him, but I I just don't really. At least for next season, I don't really know where his role is going to be, and I, I kind of think we're in agreement there. Yeah. All right. So let's go to uh, let's go to the you know let's let's kind of pivot to the Heat's newest acquisition, Caleb Martin, uh, aka the Stinky Twin. I'm kidding. Uh, he's wow. <laughs> he's uh, he is a notably not as good twin as my camera goes out. I actually learned what happens. Listen for the audience. A little, a little backstory here. I did I did some research. So I did change my USB cable, and it still happened. Brass was still mad at me. And for the pod audience, shout out to you for listening to this visual medium. But um, <laughs> my camera goes out and there's an error and it shows like a little cable being unplugged. Apparently, that is the voltage going into my camera that spikes. And that's why uh, I lose signal. So I don't really know what I can do. I'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep uh, we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep problem solving. We'll keep troubleshooting. So Caleb Martin, newest edition, uh, the not as good Martin twin comes from comes from the Hornets uh, over to Miami. I would have preferred them go with, you know, one of the younger guys on the two-way. They go with a veteran. I mean, a 26-year-old veteran, not like a not a grizzled vet, just like a, you know, kind of been here vet, you know, mm-hmm. knows where the bus stop is kind of vet. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't feel any certain way about it. I, again, I would have rather them use it on a young guy. Not that they have, I'm sure that the second they can trade their picks, they are. So, you know. <laughs> He has many yeah. bites of the apple as they can. I don't know how you felt. I mean, he'll play for sure. I mean, uh, another example of just a guy who's, you know, a little undersized to play the three, but they're going to have to do it. I mean, they're, they're pretty loaded at guard. So, you know, and they still really don't have a backup for Jimmy Butler that, you know, you can really count on. Uh, so I'm sure that they'll try that for a bit. I don't really know. I don't think he's going to be a playoff rotation guy, but, you know, in the regular season, you know, you need some you need some minutes eaters, and you know, stinky Caleb Martin's here to do that. That's me. Shout out to Caleb Martin. I'm just joking. Man. I didn't know Caleb Martin was an enemy of the show. Like, I no, he's not. Start- <laughs> <laughs> Is this disappointing? You get that? You get the watch notification. The Miami Heat. <gasps> Caleb Martin. I'm like, who cares? I like I I initially missed when he got signed. I didn't know he was on the <laughs> roster until I, I refreshed my timeline, I think a day or two after the signing. And like I saw it and I, I saw an Ira article about the Heat's new addition, Caleb. I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> like, this experience was, that. You're just like, wait, I'm, what? Just, I'm just like, huh. So the Martin, my first thought was like, huh, the Martin twins are broken up. Okay. And then the second thought was like, huh, the Heat went Caleb Martin with a two-way. Like that's a thing that they can do. Sure. Like I'm kind of with you. Like I wish they would have went younger. But, like, fine. He can self-create a little bit. He can shoot some. He can defend okay. Like, I don't have strong Martin opinions. Like, I've watched... <laughs> <laughs> like, I live in Charlotte now, so like, I catch, I've caught a bunch of Hornets games. So, like, I'm, I'm aware of his existence. I don't even, think, I don't even think Caleb yeah. has strong Caleb Martin opinions. <laughs> I mean, Cody better. But, like, I don't know. I mean, that's like, what I'm saying. If we got Cody, you know, now we'd be talking. We'd be cooking with oil. We'd be treating Cody Martin like he's like Kenridge Williams. It'd be great. But <laughs> in all seriousness, like I, I don't know how much he's gonna play either, to be completely honest. Like I, I get the heat making a swing on a wing. 
because they do need some depth there. If you don't believe in KZ, then you need someone that can defend the forward spots or a forward spot. And like Caleb Martin should be able to do that for you. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're going to go vet, like go super vet at that point and that's get someone that's established that you know that can play 12, 14 minutes. Like Caleb can do that, but I don't know if I'm going to feel good about it unless the uh, shot takes another step. Chat's asking, Nakai, is Caleb Martin, Isaiah Thomas, or Wes Matthews? Oh, see, I would have taken Wes Matthews. See, I would – I Wes didn't even play for the Lakers last season, and, like, it's not like they didn't need the minutes. So, I don't know. I, I'm kind of out on Wes at this point, which is kind of weird because in the bubble, you know, he's defending Jimmy really well. And last year in the Lakers, you know, where he – you know, you could have contributed, just gave him a big fat nothing – and I'm just super out. And you and I are just super out on IT. We don't need a four foot guy who can't defend anybody. Like I'm, I'm kind of over that. Who's yeah, gonna break like, down? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I think I'm okay with. I, I get the case for Isaiah being on the roster. Like he did, he can still get get to his pull up threes. Like I think that helps. And if you're saying like, hey, Victor Oladipo is out until 2022, and we need someone to take some ball handling pressure off of Tyler here on the bench, then like, sure, I get it. But I'm still with you. Like, I'd rather them swing for a wing somewhere than make that bet. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Martin is, you know, 30, 39% from one of the corners. You know, that's, you know, on, on low attempts, but, you know, that's promising. You know, some, some little shooting prowess. They just need a dude to stay in the corner so that when that man tags Bam on the dive, you know, Bam has an option on the short roll because the Andre thing, you know, last season was just infuriating because teams just decided I'm not going to guard this dude. And if he shoots five for seven, fine. I don't care, which mm-hmm. just kills the heat offense because this, even if Andre makes a three, you never, you never want it unless it's late. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, God damn. So if they can get a guy to stand in the corner and, and at least be, you know, not a negative spacer. I think they'll take it as a win. But it's 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 just like a it's like a it's kind of a lame thing to ask for for a team that has a legitimate championship aspiration. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this, and this is why I'm just like, okay, get West because like you know he can do that much at least. Yeah, like I don't know, like but I just and they they said they reported that they weren't even like in on West Matthews whatsoever. Like they just didn't want him. Which is kind of weird because he seems like a heat guy, and I mean they've yeah, taken he, they've taken chances on weirder dudes. Yeah, but like the market connection is there with Jimmy, so like I don't know why you wouldn't at least try. And like you said, like we just saw, I guess a year and a half ago at this point, what Wes Matthews did to Jimmy Butler in a semifinal series, like in so, an important important games. Yeah, they were running actions to get Wes off of Jimmy. Like that was like the thing <laughs> they were like. They're running guard. They're running Goron screens to get Wes off of them. And they just said, nah, we're good. Like, I mean, I guess. Poor George Hill. <laughs> that, Poor the guys, George. that serious to me is when I was like, I'm done with George Hill being a plus defender in the playoffs. I saw Jimmy brutalize that man, and I'm like, nah, it's over. I'm sorry. Like that, I mean, that's not a fair standard. Like, if, like George Hill shouldn't be expected to defend Jimmy Butler well. Alf asked in chat, uh, asked Nikias if we're not talking about Kendrick Nunn enough. He's under 38. Have you seen Lakers Twitter, man? What are yeah, they like, They're acting like they've never watched Kendrick Nunn play basketball, which is fine. 
<laughs> but lucky them. Some of the like the Kendrick, I think it was Kendrick Nunn quote saying like he, you know, he wants to be wants to prove that he could be like the strong defender. So I was like, okay, that would have been nice to have in Miami. <laughs> would have been like, really nice. Not but even like strong, just like not horrible. Yeah, and like even like that's fine. Like players talk themselves up all the time. Like, that's cool. To see Laker fans on the timeline, and to be clear, like these are the Laker fans that are like quote tweeted or retweeted on my timeline, not the Laker fans that I follow, because those are reasonable people. But to <laughs> see like Laker fans talking authoritatively on like how good Kendrick Nunn is on defense, like oh yeah, we love to sign. He's gonna hit threes. And he's gonna lock up if one. I'm just like, are you sure? You know what it is, Nikias. My theory is is that if you've ever watched him, you look at a he's a small dude, but he's stocky right like he looks like he's strong and they look at that and they're like yeah this guy looks tough he competes on defense yeah i get the aesthetic thing like he looks like he should be a good defender he does so does westbrook though so does westbrook and we've seen over yeah i'm not doing that on this stream but (laughs) yes yeah like that i got a good laugh at at those initial takes from the other side, it, like okay, y'all are in for a rude, yeah, yeah, y'all are in for a rude awakening. They're down bad, man. Alf said uh, he's dark skinned, so people think he can defend. I wasn't gonna touch that, but <laughs> I mean that's a theory that I could. <laughs> 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 oh Jesus! Oh man, love you off. Uh, by the way, light skinned opinions. After this podcast, they're gonna go over some of the anti-vax stuff in the NBA. So if you want to stick around here on Twitch.tv slash MIA He Beat, uh, we have light skinned opinions with uh, Alf. 954, aka Alphonse Sydney, host of Hangover Time. Catch that with the guys, with Parrish, with Maddox. It's a lot of fun and they do great stuff. All right, Nikias. You want to move on to the big gun? Go for it. Jimmy G Buckets, the G stands for Gets. Um, their best player last season. I don't think Bam is better than Jimmy yet. Jimmy had arguably the best season of his career, you know. You're knocking on the door of first team all NBA. Some people might have voted for him first team all NBA. I know I would have been on my ballot or, or damn close to it. I know Zach Lowe, uh, probably the most high profile person, other than you, of course, uh, who was arguing for him being first team all NBA. Um, I think Arnovitz as well. So, you know, there was there was a legitimate case that best season of his career, I think, pretty undoubtedly. I thought on defense, you know, he really changed. I mean, the record with him there versus him not speaks for itself they're like plus almost eight per 100 possessions when he's on the floor they're like minus seven when he's off uh you know which to me nikaias the big change between last season and this season was the the plus number was about the same they were like plus seven when he was on the floor last season the issue was that when he was off they were about even they were like plus negative zero one or plus one right something something negligible and this season they would just fall off a cliff when he wasn't on the floor so he did everything for them on both ends i thought him at the nail especially last season on defense was just absolutely game changing and he was a tornado i I thought it was arguably his best defensive season i thought i made the argument nikaisa i thought he was just better than bam to me he was you know remember when Kawhi had that season where you couldn't dribble around him Hmm. I thought Jimmy had that, but like you couldn't pass the ball around him because mm-hmm. he was so active. He was flying around. He was reading. He was just getting deflections. He was just doing everything. He was just incredible. So we come in. Uh, he's obviously the leader of this team. You know, obviously the highest profile guy. You know, coming off ra- what a rather embarrassing 
uh, playoff performance, where as uh, our homies at the Yairo Step like to remind everybody that Brent Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler in a playoff series. Uh, for as annoying as that is, it's true, right? Like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we get mad all we want and bring up, you know, the other playoff series, but I mean, it's right. So, Nikaias, for me, Miami has the third highest championship equity in the East. I don't think they'll finish that in the conference. I think their regular season's going to be lower. But what does Jimmy need to be this season for them to achieve that? For him, for Miami to get back to the finals, they're right. Like he has to be a top eight to top ten player at minimum. So he needs to be what he was last season or better. Yes, and he has to do that over more games. So, like to your Bam versus Jimmy point, like I think Jimmy was better on like a per possession basis. Like he was just that impactful. The way that he got to the rim, the way that he got to the free throw line, the way that he set the table for the others. And the way that he defended, particularly off ball, like you said it yourself, like when he's at the nail or he's, he's on the weak side, I, I rolled in my um, season preview for the Southeast. Just so I don't think there are five better players by five better weak side defenders than Jimmy Butler, period. Absolutely insane. Not, not even, not just the wing, like period. I don't think there are five better. Just the way that he's able to anticipate and get his hands in there. And he does so without, like he's not a high foul rate guy either defensively. Very calculated gambles. So they're going to need that from him over a longer stretch. And that's a tough ask considering his age, his mileage. I mean, people bring up the Bulls years all the time, but like that's going to be a thing. Like I think that's where having a guy like Kyle Lowry helps. He won't have to do as much offensively, at least early in games he won't. And so maybe he can be in conservation mode a little bit during the regular season. He can still turn it on late in games, but they're going to need that defensive impact and offensively like it's, the big elephant in the room and it's the obvious thing to say but like the shot has to come back to some degree like that's what's kind of lost and what makes jimmy butler's season from last year so special but also so weird like that was the best and the most impactful he's been despite having having really the worst season of his career easily mid-range jumper fell off a cliff he's never been a strong three-point shooter but that wasn't there either the fact that he had the true shooter percentage that he did it's just a testament of how often he got to the line well, because he could, yeah, like he couldn't knock down shots from anywhere. And as you got into the postseason, there's the shot and also just the random bouts of passivity. He you, was you good have. when he would get to that low block. And when he got to that spot from the left side, I, I felt that that, that pull up, I'll check the numbers now. I do agree with you, but you know, he, when he got to that little, that little short jumper, I felt that was pretty effective. I know that the pull-up pretty much anywhere uh, else was just not there. Yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah, he, w- he was about 50%, you know, for the season uh, on, on that little that little jumper in the low block. So, but to your point, I mean, the rest of the numbers are just 22%, 33%, 40%, 36%, right? So it's just a lot of, a lot of not good. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it starts. And again, you don't, the expectation is not for Jimmy Butler to become a 35% three-point shoot on four and a half, five attempts. Like, that's just not going to be him. If it was going to be him with as hard as he works, it would have happened by now. That's not going to be him. Jimmy has to get back or get to, like, 42% from mid-range, 43% from mid-range, which is not great. Like, the Chris Paul zone is where you want to be if you're going to have a mid-range heavy diet. All-time great. <laughs> yeah. So, which, I mean, that just kind of speaks to what what that threshold is. But, like, if Jimmy's in the low 40s with the way that he gets to the line and the way that he facilitates, you live with that. Like, that's what you need. What you can't have is Jimmy having the same diet he has while being in the low to mid-30s on mid-range jumpers. 
because now you're looking at tough shots that are also going in well below league average. And with a Heat team that doesn't like to run anyway, and Lowry's going to help some, but for a Heat team that doesn't that selectively pushes at best, you want to maximize every possession you get. And if you're already taking low percentage looks and you're hitting those low percentage looks at a low percentage, it's not going to work for you. So I think that's going to be the big thing for Jimmy. If he gets to, you know, even if it's high 30s, low 40s with that diet, then you're where you want to be with him. So 43% last season on pull-up two-point field goals. Um, I want that number to about 45, 48 to, to really be cooking. I think if he can get that to something reasonable like that, which I think 43 is better than I thought it would be. I mean, that number, that that's a little high, what I thought. I, I thought he'd be like high 30s. But if he can get that to 45, 48%, I think, you know, now, now we're talking. And guys, I want to ask you about something. I, I, was, I was combing over some numbers. And the Jimmy Bam combo lineups have just been a little bit underwhelming. You know, 114 offensive rating with them both together without Dragic um, in about 900 minutes. Just really, eh, plus five, good. Obviously, you know, defense is good, but just just nothing nothing special. You know, Jimmy Goron, no bam, you know, they're, they're plus 10 per 100, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a little bit more juice there. Um, I don't know what it was last season. Them together just didn't have that that punch, that bite that they've had. I don't know if it's just, they just never were on the same page in terms of their health. You know, Jimmy was kind of tired or, and Bam had the knee stuff. Uh, they played about a thousand minutes together last season, which is really just not a lot. I mean, Bam played as many minutes without Jimmy as they've played together. And uh, Jimmy played like 700 minutes without Bam. Uh, with without. So I think if you look for them to be good, I think we could start with that number kind of going up. I, I want that combo has to be a lot better. Yeah, I, I would say like a lot of that was just health. Like I think just trying to find the chemistry between those two last year was weird because Jimmy missed a chunk of time. Then Bam would miss some time. And then those two playing together, the cat, the three guys around them, it was just a rotating, a revolving door of people. So I think there was just a lot of weirdness there. Um, again, it's going to be a common refrain for this season, but Kyle Lowry's going to help. <laughs> like just having someone to take some of the creation burden off of both of those guys, I think it's going to alleviate a lot of that pressure. Um but I, I'm curious to see like where their relationship is. Like I know it's good, but Jimmy was very vocal about Bam need to be aggressive last year. And towards the end of the season, it went from, Hey, I believe in this guy. I need, I want him to take more shots to yo, take some more shots. And so like, I wonder like how he's going to walk that line this year. Um, it was encouraging to hear Bam, you know, at media day, like talking about how he wants to be a shooter. How he's ready to be more aggressive. Like that all sounds great. But to that point last year, there were a lot of post-game pressers where Bam kicks it off with, it's on me, I got to be more no, aggressive. But hold on. I got to... A lot of those post-game pressers also followed with, I'm a good player the way I am, I'm special because I pass. Right? He did a lot of that mm. Ben Simmons stuff, like, I know what y'all are saying, but listen, I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing here. And for me, that was an indication of, you know, he's like, hey, listen, I, I, actually, I get it. I'm the, I'm the problem. My mentality has been the issue. And again, you, you're right, you know, you, you need to kind of put it to paper and do it. But that was a departure from 
those vapid press conferences that we'd have, right? So, and it wasn't until Jimmy scared the Jimmy would scare them into like three game winning streaks, like a couple times in the season, <laughs> right? He would go, he would go up and he'd start like he'd like subtly start blasting people, and everyone's like, oh god, oh god, we gotta win a few. Um, <laughs> after the Minnesota one, that that was the game to me. They had a. <laughs> Yeah, like Jimmy doesn't really mix words to begin with, but it's also it's always funny when he gets like pointed like that. And this is also just a testament to the fit with Jimmy and the organization, because the fact that he can do that more than once and they're like, okay, yeah, he's probably right. And they just go with it. We have proof that that doesn't go well in many other places. So, I mean, I, I, I do, you know, Tiff, Tiff Meeks in chat said, don't say the Ben word on this pod. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, not that we're, not that we're going to spend time on, on Ben Simmons, but, you know, Ben basically is coming out here saying, this is not my fault, right? Like, y'all are making fun of me, and, I, you know, this dude I'm playing with isn't helping me, right? It's, 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 and listen, that's fine. If Ben feels that way, like, I don't totally even disagree with him or whatever. Like, I, it's not to get in on that, but it's like this this lack of accountability um, that is common in sports. Listen, dudes don't, the mirror is the last to know. It's not fun looking in the mirror and say, Hey, listen, I fucked up. This is my fault. Right. You know, I don't, I, maybe Ben's not there yet. Maybe Ben doesn't realize he should have passed under the basket to Batiste fucking Tybal of all people, which is the funniest part of that. It's not like he passed the ball to like, you know, Embiid or like Tobias to, to Batiste. Batiste is like, wait, what? Um, so not, not that this is a BAM show, but, um, you know, I do think that that that, that partnership is important. Somebody in chat asks, who are we going to hear from more this season, uh, Jimmy or Lowry? Kyle's not that kind of talker. You'll hear from Kyle for jokes. Kyle will make jokes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, this is gonna be a Jimmy thing. Like Jimmy's gonna be more talking than Kyle is. Like that's kind of the vibe that I've seen and heard from people more in the know in Toronto. Like Kyle can be insightful when he wants to be. Yeah. It's just the want to be part that's gonna be. Fred was more vocal than Kyle a lot of times. I mean, Fred was more of a vocal as a as a, as a Raptors fan who watched press conference because I'm a degenerate. Uh, Fred, uh, <laughs> that's how you know I'm down bad. I'm so down bad that Nikias was talking about the Raptors on the Dunker Spot podcast. By the way, she listened to that Atlantic Division preview. It was really good, except for the fact that they think Julius Randle's the sixth best player in the Atlantic Division, which is really weird. Um, but regardless, I mean, but by the way, can I call you out on that? Pascal Siakam had a better season than Julius Randle did. Like that all NBA season that Pascal had is like a lot better than the Julius Randle season. 
And then, oh. so what, why is Pascal like bad now and Julius is good? Because he went from a 17% pull-up three-point shooter to a 42% pull-up three-point shooter. Like that's going to totally happen again. Oh, uh, well, yes, Pascal that year was better than Julius this year, but that didn't happen in the same year. So it's kind I, of an answering 2021, 20, I'm just thing. sick of Julius. Oh. I'm just sick of people saying that you, Julius Randle's like this really good player. I'm just you're, I'm you're just of, sick of the Knicks. Which, I'm sick of the Knicks fair. in general. Which, by the way, I think that I think the Knicks are going to be the worst team in that division. I think that they're going to finish with the worst record. Wow. I, I, I think that offense was not going to be good. I think their defense was going to take a hit. And I think that the people that are thinking that Tom Thibodeau is some sort of magic person that will choose that team to a top five defense it's absolutely ridiculous and you could clip this chat you could you could remind me later it's just i think i think the raptors are just going to be a little bit better and those and the celtics the the nets and the sixers are just straight up better even if ben doesn't show up to work so by the way living the dream (laughs) big move hey i'm not gonna be there and (laughs) (laughs) greatest press conference in the history of basketball all right um I want to get okay. We have a couple more to get to before we eat out. Um, Duncan Robinson, I think, is a guy that. I mean, obviously, after post All Star break, the best non Steph shooter in the league by attempt, by volume, by any metric you want. <laughs> the dude is a monster. I thought in the playoffs last season, you could tell that he was, I mean, he had played. Two full seasons, did not miss a single game, played a ton of minutes. And let's not forget that the finals weren't even a year ago. I think the finals are a year ago tomorrow or something something insane like that. So mm-hmm. they've played a season and change since then. And Duncan has played every single game. And in that playoff series, I thought the biggest tell that he was tired was he would screen, he would flare, and then he would not move again. And that's not Duncan Robinson. That dude is always moving, and um, I think that his defense has improved. I think that he's taken little steps. He's, I don't think he's ever going to be a lockdown guy, but you know, as long as he's not the target of, uh, <laughs> as long as he doesn't have a, as long as he doesn't have a bullseye on his forehead, it's good enough for me. From the opposing player or the refs, so whichever <laughs> one. <laughs> Some of those fouls were his fault, though. It, it, he got to stop. That he's, he's stop. a. He's a handsy dude, but like also, he has to be though, because he—I mean, I yeah. think he knows. <laughs> yeah, He's, he doesn't have the the physical gifts that other dudes have, so he has to be a little bit more, you know, pushy, shovey, and uh, then he gets called for it, and then he's like, "But Tim Duncan." Um, but Nikas, real quick, I mean, because I don't—I don't know how much there is to say about Duncan, other than you know, we know what he's adding to his game, defense. What do you think they need out of him? Uh, what kind of what kind of legitimate improvements do you think they're going to need out of him this season? I think it's just continue to counter teams blitzing him on those handoff actions with Bam, or just even it's a hard show like getting the pass out quicker because you know what the read is if there's two to the ball it's a quick slip underneath the Bam and it's a short roll opportunity from there. So, you know, step one after you know he kind of came out of nowhere in that first season and just lit the Nets on fire. You know, step one is okay. I have to identify this pass. Step two is okay. I need to identify this pass as quickly as possible. And like he's he's made those strides last year. He's going to have to continue to make those strides. From there, if he is getting dropped, like it was interesting that his pick and roll volume nearly more than quadrupled last year once you factor in shots and passes. So like they're trusting him more with those kind of actions. Like he's not manipulating weak side 
helpers and all that good stuff. He's not making high level passing reads. But like the fact that they're giving him like, hey, this is drop. Take a couple of dribbles if you have a pull up. Take it. If not, give it to Bam. Let's flow into something else. Like I think that's a testament to how hard he's worked to adding the ball handling to his game. So if you can afford to give him, you know, the same volume this year, since you're adding a legitimate playmaker in Kyle Lowry. If you can, if that volume can hold serve and he gets a little bit better with that, and can get into pull ups a little bit easier. If he can make those slip passes earlier, if he starts identifying open guys on the weak side if, to help defense nudge the wrong way, that's a major plus. But I think it's all margin stuff with Duncan. Like his role isn't going to materially change. Like he's very much the movement shooter, one of the best on the planet. So it's that and just getting better at defense. Like if that's body work, that's more film work. You know, keeping your hands out the cookie jar so you don't get hit with some of those BS foul calls. <laughs> That's it. Improve on the margins. Like you have a high impact guy. So my thing, my my question with Duncan going forward is going to be with Kyle on the team. I feel like the dribble handoffs, and that's going to be a number I monitor. The DHOs are going to probably go down a bit, and the pick and roll numbers are going to go up a bit. Um, and I kind of wonder if that means more catch and shoot stuff for Duncan, more spot ups in the corner. Or are we still going to get some of those off-screen movement type sets, those little pin downs that they like to run for him? And I, and I, Nikas, I don't even know which is the good answer for them because part of the reason why they like him moving is because they were, and they're still short on guys who can dribble. And when you don't have dudes who could dribble, you got to run off ball screen nonsense and get guys in movement because these dudes can't dribble. So you want them coming off of action so that they can catch the ball and the ball can move without guys having to put it on the floor. So I don't know what the best thing for him is. And I don't really know what this looks like with, with their kind of um, with their, uh, with their offensive set diet. Um, Like I would like to see it nudge more pick and roll E. So but I mean like else. for him as a spot up guy or like as a movement guy. Uh, I mean, in a vacuum, if you can get him more spot up looks, that's what you want. Like he's better at stationary stuff than movement stuff. And if you're getting the defense bent somewhere else, then that's an easier look for him. And if it's an easier look for him, then you're getting more points from him. So I think ideally, if this shifts more to like Kyle Bam pick and roll or something like that, then you get Duncan easier looks. And if you could get if you can kind of shift his distribution of shots from movement to spot up, then I think he's gonna be more effective on those movement shots because he won't have to do it as often. Cause to your point, a lot of him have having the movement volume that he did was because nobody else could bend the defense. Like, Jimmy with the ball in his hands is very good, but, like, if he's running the pick and roll, you're ducking under it. Bam added the mid-range jumper, but, like, nobody's you're not getting two to the ball to stop a Bam mid-range jumper. And, like, Goran Dragic, you know, lost a step, was still pretty effective as an offense player, but, like, no one's sending two to the ball on Goran Dragic. So if Kyle Lowry can bend your defense more, then that should lead to easier opportunities for everyone else. 40, 42% catch-and-shoot guy last season um about 40 percent with one dribble so a lot of those dribble handoffs one dribble kind mm. of thing you know obviously really effective uh, i know the points per possession is is like what's well, like one and a half or it's, it's something like that it's 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 pretty insane they're they, i mean it's still rex teams the switching um i, I do think kyle kind of gives them a little bit of a solution to if teams try to over switch against miami's handoff stuff um what they do need to do is they need to trigger their sets, not with 14 on the shot clock. So they yeah. have, you know, a few bites at the apple uh, to, to, you know, to, to run a counter action. Uh, Cause that was maybe the most frustrating thing. And I think that that's probably like one of the more subtle things that Kyle's going to, not that 
I mean, I thought it was funny that Spo was like, yeah, we're going to pace push with Kyle Lowry. I, Kyle's a rebound and go guy, but like if he's not rebounding, that pace is not getting pushed. Uh, he, he Kyle's a walker and lick your fingers and, uh, you know, get, you know, make sure your ducks are in a row kind of point guard. Um, so for me, I, I, I like Alf, Alf added himself. My camera goes out. Listen, <laughs> it was perfect timing. It was perfect. What's up? Uh, no, I was just getting ready for LSO and cause you guys are running late. We're going to start at eight 30. What did you so say? You tweeted, you tweeted CP. I said, time? you guys are on CP time. What is that? Colored people, Cuban people, Caribbean people. I'm not Cuban though. I'm Colombian. Uh, whatever. There's a C there. Hispanic people. This is a, yeah. Not, nice Latino people. Hey, what's happening? I'm sorry. Did I just like ruin your show? No, it's okay. We, I was kind of petering out on Duncan Talk. I, to be honest with you, I lost my place in the conversation because I saw you come in and I have like, I have like 10 stat pages open. And what I wanted to do was find a points per possession number on Duncan Bam, dribble handoffs. And then it just kind of went sideways. Well, you actually saved me. And then my well, camera went out. Keep looking for that. I want to talk to Nikaias. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Nikaias, what is like, all right, you pay attention to the rest of the league more than I do. I don't pay attention to anything but the heat. Um, <laughs> I think that's well established. I don't know shit about anything outside of uh, spread, pick, and roll and Coach Wilshire. Um, if, like the, the Kendrick Nunn thing. Am I losing it? Like, like, <laughs> like, honestly, like, am I am I on another plane of existence? Like, when did Kendrick Nunn become like this this, this defensive stopper? Get your own bucket, just spark plug off the. Like, when did he become this guy? Like, I don't, I don't think he's a bad basketball player, but like, wow, like, I mean, they're doing the Andre Drummond thing over in LA again. <laughs> he's like that. Down bad, baby. Down bad. <laughs> that is. That's like a top five funny tweet I've ever seen. <laughs> it's my favorite tweet ever. <laughs> that, that is a great tweet. <laughs> hey, man, they might not even need LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court. Andre Drummond is like that. They're doing the Kendrick Nunn is like that shit this year. It's like the man got exiled from Cleveland before he went to the Lakers. What do you mean? <laughs> when the Cavs don't want you? <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't even see him getting that many minutes. Like, I don't know what's happening over there. I like. I want to see the point of attack defense with Kendra Nunn and Russell Westbrook on the court at the same time. Like, I, I want. I <laughs> for want the, that for the laughs. Or Anthony I Davis. For, <laughs> that back line. <laughs> that back line about to be working, but no, I, I don't. Under, I don't understand the Kendra Nunn thing. I don't like it. It got to a point to where I'm seeing these straight comments. I'm like, did I not watch the same person that David? It's like we I was, saw I was, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I remember writing like. Launching pad articles on Kendrick Nunn defense. That's, so like, the that's, go, that's going back. I'm just like, wait, like I no. used to get so I used to get so mad when people like Goron's the worst defender on the team. I'm like, have you seen Kendrick oh, Nunn? Right there. <laughs> have you seen my man? Like we saw you. We have we watched film. <laughs> uh, like and, and people say Tyler Hero's the worst. I'm like, no, bro. Like you guys have not Kendrick Nunn dies on the screen, like it's his job. Like he, like, it's like he practices dying on a screen. <laughs> like I, I don't even know how you could like just like no effort at all. Oh, here's a screen. I'm done. If Here you go, good, bam. Like if he's competent on defense. I'm gonna get so mad. I mean, I hate him more than I ever have. Oh yeah, that. that I oh mean, my god. He has all the physical gifts. Like I said, um, he's dark skinned so people just think he automatically can defend. It's nice. it's it's colorist, and I don't like it. But you know that is just <laughs> that is an assumption. You know, like you see Kendrick Nunn at a pickup game, like, oh man, he's gonna lock me down, right? <laughs> I'm in for a long day. I'm in for a long day. 
I mean, it's a long, it's gonna be a long motherfucking day with Kendrick Nunn on my ass. <laughs> Little do I know. Do you remember the video of, of Harden at like a children's camp doing like those like half reach-ins playing defense on the kids? Mm-hmm. That's that's Kendrick Nunn in real in a real life game. Yeah. <laughs> like half Harden, like the kids are dribbling past him. Harden's like in like a half squat. His hands are like barely out. His lifts are kind of limp. But it's you know what it, it was never uh, it was never the one on one defense like it kept, I mean he wasn't good he was just still bad but it was just negotiating any kind of traffic <laughs> like my <laughs> my man was just done like I mean don't, don't elevator whatever kind of screen you want to talk about like I, my man was done after the first little chip. Somebody put a shoulder in Kendrick Nunn's way, and he was walking to the bench. <laughs> it, it's the reverse Hassan. Hassan didn't like making contact on screens, and and Kendrick doesn't on the other on the other end. That would leak out after a screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Jimmy gonna steal that shit. Let me go. I mean, it's just wild. Anyway, oh, all right, I'm gonna leave you guys. I'm gonna get ready for my show. Love you, brother. Take care. Right. Let's get to opinions. Eight thirty. All right, Nikias, we have. Nice we have Nice talking to you, Nice talking to you, man. Congrats again. Thank you, sir. Oh, Thank congrats, y'all. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, bring on my personal business. All right. You, you tweeted about it. It's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. All right. Peace. Uh, all right, Nikias. Last one. That was fun. Max Struess. Not too much to get to. We'll probably play. Um, I, oh, I mean, what's there to say? <laughs> Well, one, he's definitely got to play. Like, unfortunately, he, he, he got he got the memorial. You're the number one guy summer league assignment, which is one that should be KZ. And the fact that Max Struess got those reps over KZ is kind of that should be kind of telling. Also, but also, thirty five. He does look thirty five, but he's not though. I know but, he's twenty five. <laughs> shut up, Max Struess. But no, in all like in a good way, not in a bad way. Like he looks like your thirty five year old coworker. That like really wants to play ball after work because like he just really doesn't want to go home with his wife. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, it's like if Max Strews can hold his own defensively, like I'm kind of in on him as like a lower end rotation guy because I do think the shot is real and the fact that you know during in random stretches last year and also during summer league that the fact that he could get that shot off of different platforms can get it off movement can get it off a dribble or two and this is obviously a good spot up guy can also spot up from deep which is fun like i think there are a lot of different pathways for him to be a productive offensive player so if he just doesn't die on defense like suppose going to give him 14 15 minutes so so my thing with max is and i think sometimes his role was a little unfair cuz he didn't have consistent minutes Right. And I, I do think that if he has more of a defined rotational role, if you know, like he's, you know, if you're a shooter, that can't be good. If you're like in and out of a lineup, you know what I mean? You don't really get game reps and, you know, shooting is, is so rhythmic that I feel that's a little bit unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if he does get like a steady, like, you know, like you said, like a back end rotation guy, like, okay, Max, you're getting seven minutes, you know, you're, you're playing three here and, and two here, whatever, I, I, whatever they decide. I do think that's going to help him shot 40, that shot 34% last year uh, from three. Not good. I do think his shot selection's a little bit suspect. Um, that, I think, will probably get reeled in a little bit with Kyle. And just, I think that they'll have more of a hierarchy to their offense. And I think, hopefully, Kyle's more available than Dragic. Not that Kyle is this emblem of health. But, you know, yeah. 
I do think that having more of a hierarchy to your offense, if, if Hero does in fact take a little bit of an offensive, not a leap, but a little hop, um, I think people are, are quick quick on the leap finger, but kind of giving him a more defined role is good. 67% free throw shooter. Uh, that's, a, that's a little concerning that his free throws aren't good. Um, you kind of want that number to look better, especially when the, you know, I'm, we're making excuses for why his three point percentage isn't good. Um, when his free throw shooting wasn't, uh, you know, small sample. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they're thin, they're thin on the wing. I mean, we just talked about a bunch of dudes that we talked, they're all back end rotation players. You know what I mean? Like Martin Struess, KZ Akpala, right? Like all these dudes are just, back-end rotation players, even at their other positions, like, you know, you got Markeith, who, I mean, God, God, good luck trusting Markeith, you know, in, in, in minutes that matter. And they're thin, right? And that's why I said at the top of the show that, you know, I think their championship equity is, is really high because in the playoffs, I think you can kind of circumvent that depth by just playing your good guys a lot of minutes. But in the regular season, especially in a COVID year, um, you know, those guys are going to have to play. So if Miami ends up fifth, I wouldn't be shocked, right? Like they might end up below teams that I think they're better than, you know what I mean? Mm. Like if, if Boston or, or even Philly without Ben Simmons, right. If it's just, <laughs> it's just Joel and Malik Monk and whatever else <laughs> they get out of uh, Minnesota or whoever, you know, they, they might not be so good, but um, kind of on your way out, like, do you think the depth is a concern for you now that we've kind of gone through all the positions? Uh, do you, do you agree with me? Am I, am I being a little crazy? Uh, I don't think you're being crazy. Like in the season preview, like I highlighted wing depth specifically as the biggest thing that I didn't like about this Heat team. So I'm with you there. Uh, just a quick note on the Max Drews point. Uh, he's taken 25 free throws in his NBA career, <laughs> and he was and he was a I think an 82 percent free throw shooter in college okay. across his two seasons. So like I don't think that I think this is very much just a volume thing for him. I mean a small sample thing for him on that point. He can shoot. Super fair. Um, but. Yeah, like I, I just wish they had one more. If they had a reliable bet, or if I just trusted Spo to actually give Casey like fifteen straight games of like, hey, let's see what you got. Either one of those will make me feel a little bit better, just because the top three is so good, and you can stagger them in a way that you can kind of hide weaknesses for everyone else. But yeah, like I, I wish they had another guy. Do you think like Do you think they need like a starter, or do you just think that they need you know? reliable you know 25 minute backup vet i think they i think they just i think they just need the latter honestly because like but i'm talking about to like win a title oh to win a title yeah yeah, i'm not like listen there miami is in the business of you know parades and champagne i think that the idea of we're gonna have a cute little season and push the nets to seven is just not good enough for them whether that's reasonable or not you know mm-hmm. internally that's how they that's how they view things okay to win a title then yeah it would be nice if they had a starter level guy to compliment because like i think pj in the ideal world if the heat were like not you know say so you said they're third in championship equity in the east like i tend to agree with you if they're healthy um but like if I were to say the Heat are actually in that class with Brooklyn and Milwaukee, well, I say Milwaukee and Brooklyn, but that's an argument for another day. If I was to say that they were in that class, then like PJ Tucker would be that depth. But instead he's starting at the fourth of this Heat team. Yeah. And so like that's where I'm just like, ah, I wish they had another fourth. 
Like, well, and he, I've, I've joked, I don't know who the name, I mean, obviously Gallinari is just not going to be available to them, but a guy like Gallinari or Harrison Barnes, you know, I, I think they need like a guy like that. Yeah. Like that, that would help a ton because like if PJ is, if like, if you're looking at the forward room and it's, you know, it's Butler and you'll say, let's say Harrison Barnes, like if PJ Tucker is your third and then you say, okay, on any given night, I'm going to get something from a Max Struess, or I might get something from a Marquise Morris, or I might get something from KZ. Like if you have your three locked in and then those are your wild cards, I feel much better about the depth on this team. But right now it's okay. Jimmy's here. PJ, you have to be number two in the forward room. We have to get something consistent from Max Struess. And it's just like, that may happen. But the fact that you have to rely on that to happen is why, you know, there's the Bucks Nets tier and then there's another tier. And that's why the Heat are in that other tier because you need some things to break right that you don't really feel comfortable with. I like I like something you were doing on Dunker Spot. Uh, as you go out, best Miami's best lineup that they can throw out there. Best lineup? I, I want to see some Jimmy at the four stuff. Uh, give me Kyle... I didn't go. I don't. I, I didn't like that look last year. Maybe it was the people that are was around them because I was that was something I wasn't on, and I saw it, and I go, never mind. They're just too small everywhere else. Like if you're telling me they're fully healthy, what I really want to see is Kyle. It would be Kyle Depot, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy, and Bam. But like, if they it's can not, do that against the Nets, I don't think they can get away with that against the Bucks. Mm, yeah probably not like the nets provide them uh, it's why like i oddly like the nets matchup for them because they can play more of the way they want to mm. the bucks they have to really look themselves in the mirror and it's like our weaknesses are really highlighted because these dudes are really big and really strong yeah yeah i feel that so i think that'd be my version of that the most fun five for me at least i think in be- theory it's the best and i think you get the most offense and i think you can get a survivable i mean they're a little small but i mean all those guys are good defenders except for duncan who's just okay so i I think you can really switch a lot of stuff like again boston you know even against philly you know when that that front help recover and you can get away with having some smaller lineups especially because Embiid's favorite thing to do is to throw the ball to the other team so (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm never gonna. Not, I mean, he had more turnovers and assists last season, Nikias, and we gotta stop. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta have a little bit of accountability. All right, that's our show for. Listen, <laughs> I slandered. I slandered to beat enough today. I got. I, I got to cool it. Listen, I always, always fun to make fun of the Sixers. I promise, Nikias, a little bit of Embiid slander uh, through text. That he did. I, you, I did. Listen, I, I'm always delivering. Uh, guys, we are gonna be. Uh, we're gonna be pretty regular again. You know, we had a nice break in the off season. We had the Hottie Awards. And uh, we, we took some time off. You know, we deserve some rest, too. Uh, but we're going to be back at it. Uh, hangover time starts when the preseason starts. Uh, we're doing two to three MHBs a week. We're, we're getting rolling. We're getting guests. We're, we're having a good time. You can find us here on twitch.tv slash MIAHP. Be on the lookout for the website. We have some new stuff coming to the, the website. I know. That? That's, old. That's old. That's old MHB. Website. What are you talking about? We got some new stuff for the website. Uh, I, I think you guys are going to be really excited for that content. And uh, I'm I'm gonna revamp the Patreon tiers to make it a little bit more worth your while. New season, new us. I really want to make sure that those who help support us. I, I want to thank you guys because you don't understand what it takes to keep the lights on here. What it takes to get every single person paid. And you know, we just bought new mics for some people here. We got some new cameras. Uh, so your favorite personalities have a little bit better lighting. So you know, all that stuff goes back into what we do, and, and it makes us more available. So thank you guys for the support. For those of you who listen, to watch, to sub here on Twitch, who 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 donate to our Patreon, we appreciate that. And we're really excited for a brand new season. Uh, 
Nine seasons in the book, Nikias. This is our ninth season doing this. Been going at it a long time, but like I, I've said it a few times to you, like in person, do text, whatever. But like I would not have the platform I have without the platform y'all gave me. So I am always appreciative of what you've done for me, on and off the court, per se. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you would have, you would have found nine. your way anyway, man. I love you, bro. You are one of the best people. You know, this is a love fest right now. Nikias is one of the the damn best people I've ever met in my life. A legitimate dear friend who I'm just so so thankful for. Um, you are great, and thank you for always. I, I know you have a WNBA game to watch. Thank you for always making time, uh, and thank you, chat. Brass asking people are getting paid. Uh, well, not you. Uh, <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over thirty-five, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.